Good evening. Today is Wednesday, September 15th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is We Agnostic, step two, and our speaker tonight is Joni P. Thank you, Joni P. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, I am a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Very, very grateful. Um, very grateful to be here. I want to thank Subin for reaching out to me and asking me to speak and for all that are doing service on this meeting. Thank you. Uh, this happens to be my favorite chapter in the big book. And um, so I was introduced to recovery uh, 22 years ago in another fellowship um, and I've stayed sober. I certainly was not recovered. Um, I heard somebody say that, so I'm stealing it. And uh, because that's the case, uh, you know, I didn't drink for, you know, 22 years, uh, but I ate compulsively. I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a volume eater. I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a bulimic. Um, and uh, I was never much of a restrictor. I can't wrap my head around that. Um, but I do understand that that is part of this disease. So we agnostics, um, the step, you know, came to believe. I love, I just love that in itself. It, it's not telling me I have to do anything. It's telling me that I, it's a process, which it certainly was for me. Uh, in a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. First looking at that, you know, step two, um, a little offended by the fact that, you know, anybody would allude to the fact that I was insane, I was insane because to all outward appearances, it seemed that I had it together. But when it came to uh, certain foods, I was absolutely insane. Um, so, you know, the first paragraph in this chapter where, you know, it talks about, you know, in the preceding chapter, we talked much about, you know, what the alcoholic is or the compulsive eater is. If you, uh, if you, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, which is, you know, the obsession, or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, which is the allergy for me, uh, you are probably alcoholic, or in my case, uh, you know, compulsive uh, and compulsive overeater. So I was convinced I, I, I went by the time I got, you know, to, to this chapter in the book, I knew that I was definitely powerless. I, I hadn't really come to terms with the fact that <clears throat> lack of power was my dilemma. Um, so I find it really hard to, to talk about this chapter without just talking a teeny bit about what my experience was prior to coming in to recovery about my conception of a higher power, God, the universe, whatever we're going to refer to it. And I'm not gonna get into any details. This is what I'm going to say. I got a lot of mixed messages. I, got, I had a lot of adults in my life who, it was just a lot of mixed messages and I was very confused. Um, I was very confused about God. I, uh, you know, it was, it was, it, it was a really tough place to be as a kid. And um, I believed that there was a God in, and I, that there was a, you know, a, a creative intelligence, all of those things, but I didn't really think he paid too much attention to me. And I didn't think that um, 
he could help me. That was what my childhood experience brought me to. So, um, but I went to church, you know, I was raised Catholic and I went through all the, you know, all the things I knelt when you're supposed to, I knew the prayers, you know, I was going to hell. I was definitely going to hell, um, you know, if, if what they said was true. And, um, you know, one of my favorite speakers in AA is Sandy Beach. Uh, he since passed away and um, he talks about purgatory. <laughs> and in one of his talks, he talks about walking past the pool at an AA convention and racking up 35 or 40,000 years in purgatory just from walking past, you know, the women in bathing suits. And that just cracks me up because, you know, that's, that's the God that I, I had in my life. You know, if you do this, you're bad. You know, it it wasn't a God that, you know, um, allowed me to be human. And uh, so I'm so grateful for AA. So, um, you know, I love when it says, you know, we're to be doomed to an alcoholic death, you know, or to live on spiritual principles. Like that was a really tough choice for me at the end of my eating. It really was a tough choice. Like most people would think that's a really simple choice. It was a tough choice for me because I just, I was hopeless. I was hopeless. That's what I was. I was hopeless and I was helpless. So Um, when I came in here, you know, and I was introduced to these steps, I just, um, I, I was agnostic and agnostic. One of the definitions is without knowledge, you know, so I didn't have knowledge. I, I believe that there was a God, um, but I didn't have knowledge about God. So, so the one thing that I love about what this program has given me, it's given me an opportunity to learn of the nature of a loving creator in my life. And, and I try to be like that, you know, that's my, that's my goal is to, to be like this loving create creator, this, you know, non-judgmental, compassionate. Somebody once said to me, how would you want your, what, what do you want your God to be like? And, you know, list some things. And I wrote them down on a piece of paper and they're like, you know, there it is. And I was like, come on, it can't be that simple, you know? So, but in, in essence, it is. One of the things that I really had to do when I was working on this chapter, um, and it's really simple. And once again, Sandy Beach, Drop the Rock refers to this. He talks about changing your mind. And, and uh, in the 12 and 12, it talks about, you know, um, you know, having using something, let's just say a can opener, for instance, and it's a great can opener, but they come out with like a new improved can opener. And I easily tossed the old can opener out and buy the new one. But when it came to these types of principles, you know, I, I had difficulty doing that. And I know it sounds simplistic, but really, that's what I did with the, with the, you know, the higher power of my understanding. Um, I changed, I, ch- I changed how I relate to the God. God did nothing. God is, um, um, you know, omnipotent. He's, you know, everywhere. He's everything. He did nothing. I was the one who, you know, got a new pair of glasses on. And I knew that I had to, because I was going to die if I didn't. And, uh, so that first sponsor that I had, she talked about IBMs and, uh, itty bitty miracles. 
And I would, you know, come flying into a meeting and I'd share about like this big coincidence in my life or, you know, oh my God, I was, you know, this happened. And, and she'd go, well, that's an IBM. And I'm like, IBM, she'd say, yeah, that's an itty bitty miracle. And it was, it was like those little things because my mind was opening. That was happening. That's what was happening. My mind was opening. And as a result of my having an open mind, and which I think is probably the most important for me, um, uh, thing to have when it comes to working on the step because if I have a closed mind I, there's just no way that anything can you know reach me and they talk about that in the um in the spiritual experience and that's you know really attached to this uh chapter for me when they talk about contempt prior to investigation and that was who I was you know I I, I either thought I knew about it or I didn't know about it, and but it wouldn't work for me. I just knew it wasn't going to work for me. But but having that completely closed mind about, I wouldn't even open my mind to the fact that you know maybe I should try try what you people are doing. So you know that was really really important. And you know as as you know, Ebby sat across from that table from Bill and started to talk. You know, he said, "I've got religion." You know, thank God for AA because you know this was a religious program many of us would be dead, myself included. Um, and Bill, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he probably got all, you know, a little wiggly in his seat. And, and, um, and then the next line was, why don't you choose your own conception? And, uh, and that's why I, I just love the name of this meeting. So, so the funny thing is, is that the God of my childhood is the God of my understanding, is the God of my understanding today. And once again, and I'll, I'll use that word relate, you know, this whole, this whole program to me is about relationships. The first three steps being the relationship that I developed with this higher power. And the next set of steps is the relationship that because of this loving higher power in my life, I was able to get into a relationship with myself. And because I have this God, and now I'm able to love and accept myself with all warts and all, um, warts, beauty, whatever, um, then I can relate to you. So it's God, then me, then you. It's very clear to me how this program works. I constantly had the cart before the horse um, in that area of my life. I wanted, you know, all the other thing. I did, I wanted all the other things before the fundamentals. And that is what this step is. It is a fundamental concept that's in my life that remains in my life. And every day I get the opportunity to build on it. So, um, I love, you know, the sentence on page 47, where it's, you know, that's, this is what my sponsor did with me. She said, this is the second step. Do I now, or am I even, even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? So in the 12 and 12, one of the first lines is, well, they've really got us over a barrel now, don't they? And that sentence right there erases that concept because nobody has me over a barrel. Nobody told me I had to believe this or that or not believe this or that. It just says, do I now believe? And if I don't believe, am I willing to believe? And in the beginning of working on this step in this chapter, my sponsor would say, you have to pray for the willingness to become willing because I wasn't willing to do many things and to open my mind. And, you know, she was always kind of just meeting me where I was at. And that's what I think a great sponsor does. And uh, 
So, you know, I, I'm married when I, you know, first was introduced to these steps. I have a child that's uh, severely disabled. He was young. Um, my son was diagnosed with autism. And that pretty much was the straw that broke the camel's back for me with God, you know, because um, I was very angry at God for that and a lot of other things. And um, I remember, you know, just feeling because I was so self-centered and I was so in the disease and I was so you know, it was all about me. I, I, I could barely take care of a typical child, never mind the kid that had special needs, because quite honestly, it was a major inconvenience in my addiction and in my self in my self centeredness. And uh, I remember being in a meeting, and somebody said to me, "No, Joni, someday he's going to be one of your greatest gifts." And then I would hear people talk about being a grateful, recovered. Uh, compulsive overeater, grateful, recovered alcoholic. And I'm like, these people are, you know, whacked. Uh, I will never be grateful for this. And um, so as my son, um, you know, was growing up, it was very painful. It was painful to be his mother. And it made me angry because, you know, I'm, I'm full of self. And, uh, and then, you know, as the years progressed, and now even, you know, in the last nine months since I've been recovered, um, what I realize is, is that God didn't, you know, God didn't say Joni needs to learn patience. So I'm going to give her an autistic child. That's not how my higher power works. You know, life on life's terms was the cause of this and that, and that, um, but as a result of this, I'm not going to let it go to waste. And, you know, in God's economy, or in our higher powers economy, nothing goes to waste, nothing. If we, if we don't, you know, if we don't let it. So that's another whole another, you know, changing your mind, looking at things from a completely different perspective. You know, that's, that's a lot what I had to do. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that like can quote this book. I, I hear people and it's lovely and they do all of that. But I think the way that I like to share about these steps is more through my practical experience in my life. Um, and uh, so what that child gave me, you know, fast forward 25 years later in a recovered state of gratitude and love was um, he was my greatest teacher of love, patience, tolerance, compassion. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he is a fine human being and, you know, he, he was nonverbal for a very, very long time. And, you know, he graduated from college uh, four years ago. So, you know, God is pretty uh, amazing. And, um, but I had to go through, you know, that whole process. Um, and it was humbling and it was, it was, um, it was hard. But what I have done with that is like the same thing that we do here is I share my experience, strength and hope with that with as many parents as I can. And, um, and I offer hope and that's what I got here. So when I look at this insanity, when it comes to the food, what, 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 I, what my understanding is, is the insanity that they're referring to in the book is not the crazy things that I did because I did lots of crazy things, but it's more about that, the insanity that is in my mind when I am X amount of time away from the food and without this higher power in my life, I think that I can eat again. I think that I can have 
a cookie, you know, um, and there's a lots of other things that I just can't, um, I can no longer have in my, you know, nutritional plan. And some of the things, thank you. Thanks, Mia. And some of those things are, you know, healthy food, but I eat them compulsively. I've also learned that, um, you know, around my, there's insanity around my compulsive food behaviors. Um, I've, I've had to give up TV at night. Uh, TV is a huge trigger for me. I'm single. Food became my lover, my, you know, best friend. It became everything. When I'm sitting on this couch, my mind is just going to the kitchen and that's, that's, um, addiction. You know, I am, I am without those substances for a very, very long time, you know, uh, alcohol, drugs, and now, you know, not so long with the sugar and, you know, my, uh, my alcoholic foods. So, you know, that's insane that I can sit here and I can tell you when I eat so-and-so I don't stop, but tonight, if I turn that TV on, I can sit on this couch and I'll start going, well, you know, that might not be so bad. And that's, that's sheer insanity. So, so that's why, you know, they talk about being vigilant. They talk about, you know, all the tools that we have that, you know, um, that I have to practically apply these tools in my life. And, you know, I'm a lazy person by nature. I'm defiant by nature. I'm um, disobedient by nature. But what I found is in all of those things, um, there's freedom. You know, and I, I often say, like, you guys, when I first was listening to how we speak here, you know, that language of the heart, I was like, you guys talk backwards. You know, there's freedom in, in surrender there, you know, um, you know, I, it just none of it made sense to me because I was a strict black and white, you know, black and white thinker. And I think I know everything when I first came in here. So I, I couldn't open my mind to spiritual principles. So you know, today that power that's in my life has given me the ability to um, walk through some really challenging stuff. And, um, you know, my family, when I came in here, my children weren't in my life. My grill, my grandchildren weren't in my life. And there's a couple of women that are on this meeting that saw the condition that I was in and I was broken and I was beaten down. And, um, and you know, once I, I reached out to somebody and I said, you know, I need a sponsor. Um, and they, you know, put me with a woman that lives in Boston. And I called that woman and she told me what to do. And I've done pretty much everything she's told me to do. I'm not perfect. Um, and now I've been able to share this gift that I have with other people. And, um, and every time I do that, you know, I'm more free. My friend Robin and I, like our, my little catchphrase now is always going to be, how free do you want to be? You know, like, <laughs> how free do I want to be? You know, it's really up to me. How free do I want to be? And uh, I've had, you know, experiences 24 hours where I've been totally in the bondage of self in, in, a, in a recovered state. And I've had experiences where the most unbelievable thing is going on in my life and I'm free. So, you know, it works. So I just know that um, open-mindedness is probably the most for me, the strongest principle that it comes to this, you know, this chapter and this step and that, um, you know, to, to be open and, and to also listen to other people's experiences, no matter what they are, no matter what they are, you know, um, it doesn't have to be my experience. 
we talk to each other here. We're not trying to change each other's minds. We're trying to broaden our minds and, and open our minds. Those are the people that I hang out with. And uh, I'm just so grateful, um, you know, for this step because, you know, there was a God in my life for, you know, 50, 56 years. And today there's a higher power in my life. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference because God is running my life. And, um, you know, I treated God like, uh, you know, that boyfriend that you could always call no matter what you did to him. And, uh, and he would always be there. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's, and that's how God is. Like the one thing that I know is that he's never said no to one person that humbly, you know, goes before him and, you know, help, help. I, you know, I need help. And, and once I'm, you know, with the desperation and willingness, desperation and willingness are two wonderful components together. They don't feel very good together, but it was what I needed to be in order to move forward um, with this step and then the other ones. So I'll end with that. Thank you. Perfect timing, Joni. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Joni. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Stupid and then Am I first? Yes. Okay. Hi, I'm Stephen Compulsive over here. Thank you, Joni. That was amazing and beautiful. And like whenever I hear you, you know, speak, I hear and I see recovery and um and I see someone who is truly connected to their higher power, a God of their understanding. And it's yeah, it's always inspiring to hear you speak. So thank you so much for coming and doing service. Um, I, you know, I, I like what you said that God is, you know, God did nothing, but God is still omnipotent everywhere and everything, but that you changed. And like, I guess like sometimes I feel like, I feel connected to this God, personal higher power of love and, um, right? And I feel like rights with God, like aligned with my higher power aligned with the world but then like when I'm like in self and I fall back into mistrust and self-reliance or lack of faith it's like I find it like really hard to kind of turn to that personal god and I'm like oh forget the personal god right even though I want a personal god like forget the personal god it's gonna make not just gonna make these ideals but like of course my god has all of these ideals as characteristics of a higher power, but it's like, I'm just going to make the principles and the step with my higher power and forget the God. I become like agnostic. I don't know if you've had similar experiences and how you still grow in faith in those times when you're, um, yeah, like struggling in your faith. So I just wanted to kind of hear your response. Thank you. Thank you, Subin. Next, we have Stephanie M and then Nancy P. Thanks, Subin asked a question. 
I, yeah, I, I think she did too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I, I wasn't sure what, what to do there. Um, so if I'm, I, the question I just want to reiterate is, um, you know, how do you, how do you get stronger in your faith during those difficult times? Right. Like when you don't feel like you trust God and you doubt God and like, how do you continue to like rely on, like, I don't know if it's just acting as if, and like, when I don't want anything to do with the personal God, but how do you still grow in that faith? Right. Well, personal experience for me is, um, anytime I'm fearful, it's because self-reliance failed me. So I have, you know, I have like a debit and a credit side in my life of my experiences of when I trust God and when I don't trust God. And I also have people in my life that know me very, very well. And that's really important that they do know me in this fellowship so that when I get scared, because I get scared, I mean, you know, that's never going to stop happening. Um, they'll remind me, you know, and, and the one thing that I know is that if I can still, if I can go back to those references of when I thought it was the worst and, and it's always worked out, you know, it's always worked out, not the way I want it to, but it has worked out. And, and that's faith, you know, faith is the currency here, you know, faith is the currency here. And that's why left alone, I'm in big trouble. So I think my answer is to stay really close to your fellows when you're feeling that way. Thank you, Subin and Joni. Next up, we have Nancy P, followed by Nancy D. I thought Stephanie was ahead of me. Sorry, you did I put your hand down? I'm a mess, yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> no worries. I'll just share really quickly. Um, Joni, Stephanie, I'm Stephanie, recovered compulsive eater at Exercise Clinic. Joni, thank you so much for your lead. Oh, I loved um, Itty Bitty Miracles, and um, I see those all the time, all the time, and I think they were always there, but I wasn't looking, um, and I loved, I just, I loved slogans in a way. That was the first thing that really spoke to me. Like, that's how I found my higher power was the slogans, because I could retain them, and there was just so much information, and I still absolutely hated myself and thought I was terminally unique and all of that, but... I started hearing the slogans and, um, and I started writing them down and now I just have this notepad in my phone where anytime I hear a really good one, I put it down. And that for me really, really helps, especially when I'm in like crisis or even just self, like self selfishness, self, whatever self all the, all the way, um, the slogans help. And I just, it occurred to me to share a few of them because like anybody miracles, like these, these things work. Um, and so just a few that, and also this is like how, this is how I defined my hair power was based on these slogans, but God get outdoors, um, uh, simple, but not easy. My body is not my business. I want to be happy without relativity. Uh, of course now I'm having a hard time finding all the really good ones. We keep it by giving it away. Heaven is when my thoughts, feelings, and actions are the same. Uh, except love when and from where you least expect it. Like all of these things I heard in the rooms. And now my higher power is always shifting. Like it's always changing because it's what I needed to be in that moment. And right now my higher power is abundance because I still am so afraid of not enough. 
there's, there's just not enough time, love, money, anything I need, there isn't enough. And I have to take to get what I need. And instead my higher power is abundance. Um, and like, what a gift that this book tells us to choose your own conception and that your higher power can be whatever you need it to be, because that's what I need all the time in my life right now is abundance. And it really works when I say to myself, like, wait a second, nope, my higher power is abundance. I don't have to jump in here. Like that's all I need. So thank you so much for your lead. I really got so much out of it. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. And now we have Nancy P. Thank you so much, Erin. Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. Hi, everybody. Joni, that was awesome. We were just had one exchange before the meeting that we both agreed that We Agnostics is our favorite chapter. And um, I got to tell you that your um, special needs son, really, your, your experience with him and the way that you communicated that really spoke to me because I have a daughter who's, I wouldn't call her special needs, but she, um, she's now 19, but when she was about 14, she started cutting and burning herself. And um, I couldn't outrun those feelings by eating. And I tried hard. And, um, you know, I don't know why I'm all choked up because I'm happy to say that she is a sophomore in college now. And, um, you know, she's age appropriate, you know, she's, a, um, you know, she's on, uh, she's kind and wonderful and lovely, but she's really selfish and, you know, self-centered and everything. And she's 19 and, um, you know, but, um, you know, because of the stuff that we went through with her, you know, the emergency room visits, the emergency sea bats, um, you know, the emergency temporary residential things that she, all that stuff, I really should have been hospitalized. And, and I wasn't because I, I didn't know that. So I was trying to soldier on. And, um, but what I, what happened was I, um, you know, I spent like three years thinking that I was going to get a call from the police saying we found a body in a dumpster and the ID says that she lives at this address. And then, you know, I got better when I surrendered. And, um, you know, when I, I surrendered to a, um, my buddy, I call my, I call it my buddy, you know, and I'm safe and protected. But um, what I did was I, um, I still believed that if she was five minutes late for dinner, that she was hanging herself in her room. And um, we were in Boston um, doing an errand and um, she said that she wanted to do something. And I said, well, I don't know. And she said, why not? I said, well, I don't feel comfortable. She said, you always say that. And I said, well, I do feel uncomfortable. You know, I'm kind of shell-shocked still. And she said, well, I'm not like that anymore. And I, it just came to me. I, I said to her, I said, you're, you're right, you're not. And I'm committing to you right now that I'm going to stop treating you that way. So, but you know, it's a progression for me. I stopped treating her like, I mean, I stopped thinking that she was going to die at any second, but um, I left out the, um, I mean, on the face of it, I said yes, or, you know, I tr treated her the way that I thought was right, but I, I wasn't tolerant. I wasn't as loving and as giving and as, um, of service as much of service to her and you know it occurred to me that um i mean i've started to change that because i really want to be um her i don't you know i just want her to be precious to me in in her in the purest sense and um you know so i you know i heard you talk about that and i had to say you know 
that I'm really glad that I that I made that commitment to her because, um, you know, I react sanely and normally now. I do because I'm in fit spiritual condition, and sometimes. Gentle reminder. Yep, I'll wrap up. Sometimes, you know, fear is a sane and reasonable thing to feel. And I I embrace that today, but it doesn't own me and it doesn't dictate what I say and do. It's like I have to coexist with it. And so I really appreciate your your candid um, dialogue about your son. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. Next up, we have Nancy Z followed by Robin. Hi everyone, um, my name is Nancy C. I'm a recovered compulsive eater bulimic. Grateful to be here tonight. Joni, thank you. God, that was amazing. Um, you know, I, I I met you when you were first coming back or coming in um, back to the program. And the woman I see today is like changed, transformed, and it's amazing. And, you know, that's what I when I talked to um, people about what made a difference for me was when I came back in, uh, I saw people who were recovered and I wanted what they had. And, um, and there was a, there was a glow about them. There was a peace about them. There was something that was hard to describe, but I knew I wanted it. And it's people like you that gave me hope, you know, that, that this is about, that God changes us from the inside out. This is a transformation of who we were into who we are today and who we're becoming. Um, and uh, I think I, I, I took so much away from your talk, but what I loved was when you said that your God, the God of your understanding is the God, I believe you said that you grew up with. And it's the same thing for me. I had to make that journey because I grew up, well, it's a different God, but it's, 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 um, I had to take the whole journey from away from traditional religion to Eastern philosophy to, you know, way out there kind of thinking, which is all fine. I mean, any, any direction that people go with God is, is the path that's right for them. But I, I just, I was searching, I was searching for my higher power and I came into this program searching. I was searching when I was drinking and doing drugs, you know, I mean, I was, I've always been searching and today I found that higher power and it's a very simple presence in my life, a very loving presence in my life. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't know how to explain it, but I'm just so grateful for what I have today. And, and I, I know it's because of you people, because of all of you who just keep coming back. And I learned from you, everything that I have today is what I've learned in these rooms and, um, and the gifts that I've received. So thanks all for being here and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy. Next up is Robin W. Hi, I'm Robin. I'm a recovering compulsive reader from Cincinnati. Joni, thank you so much. It's so great to, to hear you tonight and um, to, and to hear your, your favorite chapter. I know we've, we've talked a lot about about the journey. I, uh, I, I like the line that you picked out on 47. You know, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? And um, 
I think, I think for me, when I came in, I too had spent time in, in another fellowship and it, it dawned on me very early on in OA that I did not have a power greater than myself and which is why I turned to food. Um, and it took me down, it took me down fast. I mean, just the, the, the insanity of it. And, uh, and I, I really, I was jealous of people that had one, but I also hated people that said, like, talked about God in meetings and I'll pray for you. And I was like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Um, you know, and I, I had a lot of emotions about it. And, uh, I, it wasn't until, it wasn't until I read in a meeting, the second appendix, which is again, addressing spiritual experiences. And it said, you know, we wish talking about the, any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind, all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. And, uh, that line hit me hard. Cause I was like, I don't now I'm, I'm not intolerant. Like I'm not going to, you know, turn off these meetings for the rest of my life and never come back. And I, I don't have a belligerent denial. Um, there's something out there. I just don't know what it is. And I really wanted to have it defined. I wanted to have it defined on day one. And, and the, the, the problem was, is that not, that's not how it works. I can't, I, I mean, I can barely explain it to any of you right now what what my concept is. Um, and that's fine. I love that that's fine. Like that is totally fine that I can't describe it because I know that they're talked with many people that can't describe theirs to me. Um, it was uh, anyway, I, I I appreciate that this meeting again is very intimate and we can we can speak to each other and in these terms and lots of heads nodding because I get it and you get it. And uh, with that, I'll pass. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with the Zoom host, please stop the recording.